Hello and welcome to the Pondering Theologian Podcast. I'm the host, Nathaniel. In today's episode, I am going to ask us all to consider for a few moments, have have you ever sold someone out? Uh, The motivation for this episode comes from Genesis chapter 37 verses 1 through 28, um, which is... The, the story of, of Joseph being sold into slavery. And I'll read that here in, in just a moment. Um, but as I'm, I'm reading this, listen to kind of the theme here as we build up to Joseph being sold by his brothers. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because they had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, Listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field, when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he said. Then he had another dream, and he told his brothers, Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and the moon and the eleven stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come down and bow to you? His brothers were jealous of him, and his father kept the matter in mind. Now his brothers had gone to graze their father's flocks near Shechem, and Israel said to Joseph, As you know, your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem. Come, I am going to send you to them. Very well, he replied. So he said to him, Go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks, and bring word back to me. Then he sent him off to the valley of Hebron. When Joseph arrived in Shechem, a man found him wandering around in the fields and asked him, What are you looking for? He replied, I'm looking for my, for my brothers. Can you tell me where they are grazing their flocks? They moved from here, the man answered. I heard them say, let's go to Dathan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dathan. But he said, but they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns, and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood, throw him into the cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to their father. 
So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, uh, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay a hand on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So... When the Midianite merchant came by, his brother pulled Joseph up from the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took him to Egypt. So as I asked at the beginning, I, have you ever sold someone out? Now that could sound like an extreme question for some of us, and I imagine the majority of us uh, the extreme examples of the opportunity to sell out someone's life for your profit is not common. Or selling someone into slavery, which is still unfortunately a reality in our communities. But if we think of the more common or normal way this happens, this is usually giving up someone else's secrets for our gain. If we think very carefully about this more common expression of the phrase, with the idea of selling out someone's secrets or privileged information to someone else for profit or personal gain, I believe every one of us have had that opportunity. And perhaps it's more common than you think. Uh, let me give you a couple examples from my life. I worked as a sales manager in the auto part industry for a few years. Uh, I am the kind of person that takes note of many things around me. I want to understand how systems work. I want to understand who people are. I want to know their story. I want to know how everyone interacts together so that I might not just understand, but be able to navigate the situations around me with fewer conflicts. I prefer when things work smooth, or at the very least, I know how to get through whatever might pop up as smoothly as possible. I was working at this uh, one particular store and I had worked well with all of the staff except one person. This person and I were extremely friendly outside of work, you know, we even hung out from time to time. On the clock, however, I did not like them and consistently was auditing their work. Uh, a continued issue is that they technically were in a position that had seniority over me. Eventually, though, my desire to, to, to grow kind of allowed me to go to another store and I continued to make friends and grow and move through other stores in our district and I eventually made friends with someone who would be the store manager over the store I had started at, where that gentleman I had the good many of issues was with. And one evening I got a call from this new store manager asking me to come explain to them how this store operated. My reputation as this kind of analytical-minded and detail-oriented person was well known uh, to several people and this new store manager wanted all the information about their new store. So I went to sit down with them and I laid out all the power dynamics, the basic do's and don'ts for each of the employees there. I went through all the business level things. And at the end of it all, they asked me if I could tell them more about the person that just so happened to be the guy I disliked the most. 
and I was so filled with anger at that person that I dished out every drop of information I had ever written down. I shared about their bad habits, the way they seemed to think, their home issues. I shared their work history. About the only thing I didn't share was their bank account number, because I hadn't learned it yet. That's meant to be a joke. At the end of all of that, though, the person who I'd given so much information on was put on this watch list where they were continually audited. They were passed through several levels of scrutiny for quite a while. And a few years later, I was contacted by someone at the, in that area still, and I was told that they had gotten fired. And how it was what I told and complained about and, and eventually built up and worked up the line that kept them vigilant and for the moment that this person uh, eventually messed up was because they were watching. And while perhaps that seems like a story of vigilance and good stewardness in the uh, end, you know, to my position, uh, my willingness to sell out all the information I had on that one person I did not like turned out to be their downfall, which ended up helping to cost them financially, relationally, and in their ability to get a job in that industry. And as of late, um, or at least the last time I had talked to that person, they were still unable to get a job in the auto parts industry. Sometimes this selling out someone else comes in the form of tattling or telling on someone else, being willing to give up someone to make the tides turn in your favor. Children do this perhaps the most obviously. Uh, When I was a teenager, we had a poultry farm, uh, my folks did, and we had a particularly persnickety tractor at the time that always seemed to throw a belt when we used it. So it, it worked on this pulley system and the belt would pop off when you tried to turn the tractor on. Um, and it, it was pretty common to the point that we had this procedure that whoever was using it when it happened was either supposed to fix it or at least tell someone that it happened so it could get fixed. One particular day, my younger brother was using the tractor when the belt snapped. He got called in to wash up for dinner, and I happened to be the one who called him in, so I saw that the belt was next to the tractor. And uh, as we sat down to eight, I waited to see if he was going to mention it. He did not. And after dinner, my dad was getting ready to head out to use the tractor, and like you do when you're a kid and you know something, I meandered out after him. I waited until he got on and tried to... Uh, you know, go use it, and my dad quickly figured out the machine wasn't going to do what he wanted, and as he grumbled, and, um, you know, tried to, to find out what had happened, I quickly let him know that my brother was the last one to use it. My dad proceeded to chew out my brother to my delight while I helped them put on a new belt. In this reading uh, from Genesis, we have a pretty famous story, Joseph and his special coat. It's a clear example of favoritism, right? Jacob, it says, loved Joseph more than any of his other children. And when we look back at the larger story of Jacob or Israel, one might understand. Jacob and Joseph had some similarities. Both were dreamers. Jacob is the dreamer um, who dreamed of the stairway to heaven. Joseph is a dreamer of strange prophetic dreams, which become you know, more apparent later on, but imagine that was something Jacob could see. 
Jacob was less physically impressive compared to his twin, Esau. Esau went into the fields to work, and Jacob stayed in the camp and did more uh, housework sort of stuff. Joseph was a young man, and I'm sure he had some similarities that Jacob might have recognized in himself. Joseph was also of a different mother than almost all the rest of Jacob's kids. And we could look back and know that Rachel, who was uh, the person Jacob was in love with, um, and the wife he favored of his all of his wives. Uh, so I'm sure that this played into that. And most well known is this beautiful sleeved uh, ornate robe, this coat of many colors. And this was not just a garment, but a special garment that Jacob made for only one son. That would make it stick out pretty bad that Joseph was favored. And if we look at Jacob's other sons, they were put to work, they were shepherds, and what we know was a substantial flock of, uh, uh, substantial flocks, plural. And we can look back to when Jacob split his father-in-law's flock to know that Jacob came out pretty good on that deal. Um, so they're, they're all, all these brothers, they're workers, they're all older, have been doing this a long time, in the lineage, they are all higher than Joseph in terms of birthright, something that means a lot at this time, and certainly uh, meant a wealthy inheritance. Being treated differently, I'm sure, goes to Joseph's head a little bit, and it says in the beginning, he tattles on his brothers and gives a bad report, tells those dreams to them where they are lower than he is. For those and other reasons, it's perhaps quite easy to understand that Joseph's brothers were not fans of him. And when the opportunity presents itself, they take advantage and even thought to kill him. And though they did not, they did sell their brother. And they sold him to these Ishmaelites that took him to Egypt, where he lived and we know eventually became the one who saved many peoples. And many times we hear this story, and in the wider context of Joseph's life, we think about the hardship, the selling into slavery, going through other levels of hardship to live into this wider story of serving God. But I would like to back up just for a moment to the selling of Joseph, to think of how we started this episode. When can you think of a time you sold someone else out for your own reasons? Again, I certainly hope no one listening has been involved in human trafficking. Uh, this is, again, all about how we interact with information related to others' lives around us. We often do not think about how the words that we say affect the lives of others. It is very apparent in our current day and age that information is a very valuable commodity. From people's data, you know, what you search online, what games and social medias you play, what podcasts you listen to, what you buy, what you use for this service or the next, data and information are very valuable. Yet how often do you think about the things in which you say to others? The words we use and the information that we share about our siblings in Christ are delicate, valuable, and incredibly important to think about. You know, let's just look at our local communities. I worked for a church for a while where the gossip chain was cons uh, constantly something that myself and the other peoples on the staff had to dodge. 
from what programs we hope to implement to the conversations we had at lunch, we had to be very mindful of who might be there and who we were hearing things from. For instance, we had one time that we were implementing a stricter training uh, procedure for anyone who worked with children. If anyone volunteered for a children's or youth ministry, we said they had to take a few hours of training. And at least one person didn't like this, and eventually we had this firestorm of pushback because the gossip chain had propagated that we were trying to push people out of ministry. If we think of this, this larger uh, picture, you know, imagine our politics, where if you or someone who does not believe in line with another political group, we start th- saying things that villainize other humans. You know, that these are, these are still people that want to do the work of God. That we villainize them. I, you know, I remember being a child at church where all of a sudden our children's choir director was being pushed out because she did not support the invasion of Iraq. And I was friends with her son and I remember him saying how sad he was because he thought they were going to need to find another church because people had started calling her and uh, this family, you know, communists and anti-American and When we think of how we talk about others, it's vitally important that we consider the implications. What we say, how we say it, to whom we say it, it's all important. As Christians, we are meant to be like Christ. That is what Christian means, Christ-like. In the example of Christ, when we talk about being Christians, taking on that moniker, We are choosing to be people who are held to a standard uh, that Jesus gave as an example. You know, how do you talk about other humans? That is, any person who has and will live. Consider for a moment the words in James to the early church. It says, But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the image of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. Dear siblings, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring forth, uh, pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? By your good conduct, show your works in meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambitions in your heart, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. How we talk about others can either sell them out to hardships, to lies, to roadblocks, to be ruled over or lorded over by others. The words we use can spread salt in the wounds of others. From the same mouth, we praise and bless the Lord and curse those made in the image of God. We are all made in the image of God. We are all beautiful creations. Yet, how often do we consider that when we are quick to sell out other people to political agendas, to keep the status quo for our own personal gain, 
that we are doing harm. As you go through this, uh, the rest of the week after listening to this episode, my challenge to you is to consider what you say about anyone and everyone. This is not meant to be a challenge to make you stop talking or to be overly self-conscious, but to consider what it is you say about others. The implications of that often can go farther than you perhaps will ever see. Who have you or are you selling out in the way that you talk about them? I hope that you will consider this today, you know, write it down, talk about it with others, you know, over lunch, over coffee, whatever it may be, but I encourage you to sit down and consider who it is that you talk ill of or that you are quick to share a bad word about. How is that affecting them and how might that be? selling them out to the world. We'll call it there for today. In the next episode, we'll look at this from uh, perhaps a different perspective with some different scriptures. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Down in the show notes and episode description is contact for the podcast you can reach out on social media or through email if you're listening on spotify you can respond directly through a question in the episode details as always i hope that you're doing well know that god loves you so very much and there is nothing that you or anyone else can do about it we'll see you in the next episode 